I am unashamed. What about you? So, Dad, we uh, we haven't asked you. You, you normally you have some ailments uh, or different things that have happened to you, but we haven't heard any. Anyway. Have you had any recent uh, yeah attacks? Yeah, I'm, or... I'm sitting there yesterday morning after the podcast in my favorite chair and uh, <laughs> taking a breather from uh, pontificating with YouTube. So right below my kneecap, I notice a a a kind of a searing pain from time to time over the last month. So so I looked down at I, I put my bitch leg up. I looked down and I said, "What is that that keeps like a knife sticking in me?" Well, I looked and I saw it? I saw right below my kneecap. I saw a little round round piece of skin. I thought, what is that? A round piece of round skin. Piece of it skin. was it round. Swollen? Kind of, kind of so, pup, puffed up a little bit. Red? But not red, not no. red, not, not, not that. Like a cyst. Yeah. So I looked at that and I said, well, it's kind of looks like a small volcano. <laughs> I said, let's just clear the top off of this thing. <laughs> and I reached down my fingernail and I pulled and, and out came the, the top of the little volcano there, right below my kneecap. <laughs> Well, when I when that piece was removed, I looked in there, and I saw something dark black, oh, dark no. black, down in that hole. Because it, it kind of was like it, a, was a, it moving? It was just sitting there. <laughs> so I thought, huh? I reached over. I keep a bottle of alcohol within arm's reach, an AR fifteen over here, and alcohol right here. Rubbing alcohol. Rubbing alcohol. Germ killer. <laughs> So I took I that. Say, I, I thought you were getting a bottle of whiskey or something. No, Take a shot. He's been drinking, watching a lot of gun smoke. No, this was <laughs> I sip or call, whatever they call it, alcohol. So I looked. I took both my fingers and I put a little dab of alcohol. It burned a little. And I took both my fingers and I squeezed on both sides. I said, let's just see if there's something hung up in there. <laughs> so when I squeezed, out jumped a quarter of an inch long thorn oh well at least it was and not i thought he was going to say like a up bug and or still there was it was still in there but it was about a quarter inch showing so wow. i thought good night quarter inch. so i reached down there and i just grabbed the top of that thorn i pulled it out i said i cannot believe i've been carrying this thorn around i don't know when when i got it but I, that thing had just hit and broke off and it healed it's over but, you know, the thorn was still there. So I just pressed on both sides. It popped out. I pulled it. I opened my trash can there. I said, man, no wonder that thing was. <laughs> I dropped the old thorn over and, you know, put a little alcohol on it. Rock on. So unlike unlike the Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians 12, the thorn in your flesh, you expect. Was a real thorn that I got it out of there. <laughs> That's right. Now, I don't know whether he had a, a literal thorn. He prayed three times for the Lord to remove his thorn in the flesh, but Jesus said, Nope. When you, you walk through when you walk through what I walk through on a on a on a steady basis, there's a lot of thorn as you know, I mean, you know, locust thorn trees and just big thorn bushes I mean little hall trees with you know mayhaws they got thorns on the limbs oh yeah bad ones oh there's limbs there's thorns everywhere you you walk well I told you about that time I jumped for that's the... one of uh, by the way that's one of hundreds that I've removed from my body from time to time used to in the old days you know, walking 10 miles and you know just going 22 years old I mean just... I can remember mom when you were really young and Jace probably didn't remember, remember this at night after you squirrel hunted she would put a big oh, light yeah. down there on your feet. Oh, Do you remember, I that? remember that? And yeah. then she would just she had tweezers and a needle. Yep. And she was pulling thorns out of your feet for like an hour. Yep. Out of the bottom yep. of your feet. I yeah. remember that. They'll finally yeah. fester up like that one did, and they'll, they'll eventually come down. But but that one there just it is painful. That though. was a gory, it's, creepy story. Yeah. I thought it was going to be some kind of alien. <laughs> well, that was an animal. Like it was an beach. alien. It was a foreign object. But well, I, mean, I thought it was something alive. Nah, just a I thorn. told y'all that story before. Where I jumped, I went to get a frog, and I ha I was going to jump, but when I went like mid flight, there was a snake on the back side of the frog. So I just like veered left because <laughs> I didn't know if it was poison in that moment. You know, yeah. In the moment. But when I hit the bank, I rolled and there was one of those old 
trees with the blue and red thorn, and a thorn went behind my ear. Ooh. And it, but it was actually, it made me nauseated. And I wasn't sure if it was toxic, and but it took me a couple months to get over it. I mean, the whole side of my head swole up, but it was like a, wasn't like it was a Did little, it break off little, in there or little, just puncture you? It, it punctured me. The tip broke off when I got the tip out when the recovery started. Oh, <laughs> started. yeah. I mean, it swole up the half side of my head because I still had that thorn in there, but I didn't know if those things were toxic or what, because it was a weird experience. You know? It's just a foreign object inside the, your skin. And, you know, you... Well, I remember <clears throat> we were playing dominoes down at Grand and Paul's, and Dad came in. He'd been someplace, and you said, you said, Ma, I got, I got something in my eye, and right in the corner of my eye. I need you to you know, pull it out of there, a stick or something. And so I just I remember there was that little bathroom right there off the main room. So yep. you were looking in the mirror and you could see it was a black speck right the, in the, the end of it. The end of it in the corner of your eye. And she got in there with a pair of tweezers and she started coming out. It's <laughs> making me nauseous. Look, that thing was over an inch long. Oh, oh and really? when she started coming out, I just remember all of us were looking and our eyes. My got, mama's words were good grief. <laughs> That's right. But you never want to hear that, by the way. By the way, the next morning I got up and my eye was bloodshot, like just bloodshot. And it took a couple of weeks that to heal up. But That's probably why you limb so swatted eyes. me. The boat pushed the limb. The limb swatted me in the face. Went, it could have blinded me too. Easy. Yeah. And it went in there and it broke off. And I just turned around and went straight to the house. I said, something ain't right here. I've got that number one on the list is most frustrating things that can happen to you in life is a limb swat, oh, especially hurts. in the wintertime. It hurts so bad. It, it makes you angry. Oh, I, I get mad. It, it's like, I usually just get down and cover up because we're going through I got that. to now, now I wear shades at all times and thickets. Well, yeah. You should have been wearing protective air, eye stuff your whole life. No really. doubt. Well, and it's funny because Granny was always, you know, she was never a nurse, but she wasn't. In other words, she could do anything. She was a licensed nurse. Right. It was a, but well, she family. did one of them uh, uh, mail, mail deal, <laughs> mail order. <laughs> she was a mail order nurse? Mail order nurse. What does that mean? <laughs> she did all of her schooling via the mail. They'd send it to you. No computers in them days. Oh, I oh. thought you meant they mail, they send a request. They mail her questions like on this bride. topic and, you know, blood, whatever, for a nurse. <laughs> But she finally got a degree, a nursing degree. Well, I knew she worked for a doctor, but because it, it was kind of back in the day when the doctor was at his house, like, yeah, right, like it was just kind of a his clinic. most time house or just clinic, right. But you'd go in there, but it what was, was his name, Doctor Pardy, one dollar per visit, <laughs> Doctor Pardy. You'd walk in, no matter they'd say, okay, yeah, he needs about eight or ten stitches, Merritt. Tell him my mama. She said, well, sew him up. So they'd sew you up, you know, and. And, and it cost a dollar. Mama would say, "How much owe you, Doctor Pardue?" And he said, "About a buck." So she'd get out a dollar and give it to him. We'd walk out the door. What was this seventeen <laughs> hundred? No, no, but they lived like it was nineteen fifty three or something. Were you born in a house? I was born in a clinic. In a clinic. Doctor Pardue's clinic. But I was the first generation for a dollar that were born in clinics. The ones you know, like Jimmy Frank and them, the older boys, they just. Midwife, somebody come up there, kin folks, you know, ain't oh yeah, time for her to have that baby. So they'd go back in there, and here comes the baby. But but I was the first generation to say let's at least take them to a clinic. And Granny was like a midwife, I guess, yep. kind of a yep, oh yeah. So I I just got an email, Dad. I forgot to tell you. I don't know why. I just I thought about it just now. But the the guy that used to be the preacher when y'all were growing up, Ken Cochran, he just passed away. Yeah. A few months ago, but he was over 100 years old. You know 101. That? Yeah, 101. You, he killed you saw... a deer this past fall, and he was over 100 years old. Wow. Still deer hunting. That's amazing. He was a big hunter. but uh, And if they would come over and eat, right? I always heard the story, and he'd get the first, he got the preacher meat, right? He got yeah. the first pick of the chicken. When you chicken. saw him coming, he said, Ma, I'll get another chicken to fight. <laughs> <laughs> I met his son over in Shreveport. His son is over in Bossier area, but I don't know what made me think about it. But that in the yep. that in the time he had a son about my age. Yeah, yeah, he's Kenny, a, Kenny, Kenny. He's an but, elder, but he was a good, strong brother. Kenny, uh, Ken Cochran was. Yeah, but he yeah. made it a long time. One hundred and one. It's pretty amazing. We all we're all getting old, Jay. I have no comment on that. 
I'm still thinking about how this doctor visit costs a dollar. <laughs> Trust me, inflation has happened. He wasn't doing it for the money. Oh, well, you left that part out. I thought it cost a dollar. If you looked at health care in the 1950s, 90% of the things that people are being treated for now via They've gone nuts on antibiotics. <laughs> yeah. Back in those days, you, you didn't go up there and say, I got one here that's coughing, give him some antibiotics. Never. Yeah. You, you took them up there if you said, well, they're fixing to die unless I take them. And the doctor would look at them. But, but I never heard of anything over a dollar. They charge a dollar. I bet there was no health insurance back then. Either. No the health thing in, no flies, insurance of any kind. Insurance only, is what's ruined it. The I'm only telling thing you. that doesn't support your thesis is the average life expectancy now is longer than it was back then. It seemed to me that the older people were getting 85, 90, 90s, no, a lot of them. No, but I'm saying people live longer now. Well, that's idea. what they say, but <laughs> <laughs> that ain't bad. <laughs> no, the problem no is, no matter what happens, you could have something you had, didn't have. Well, give them some antibiotics. I asked these doctors in the last mm-hmm. twenty years. I said, "Be honest. I mean, are they? Do y'all dispense too many antibiotics, or am I dreaming?" They said, "We dispense too many." <laughs> doctors themselves will tell you well, they've they're over dispensing them to you because <laughs> no, that ain't taking them. No. So, so, but here's the real problem: there so. is such a thing as having a better immune immune system if you don't rely on antibiotics. I am. I've just seen it. You can you cough. You got a sore throat. Okay, you go to the doctor. It, and he'll say, you'll feel better in a few days. So it takes about a week to get over it. If you do nothing, stay at home, whatever, you know, get, get, get your rest, it'll be about seven days. It's the same length of time for whatever you got, whether you go to a doctor or not. That's the way it used to be in the old days. Right. But now, for clarification, it, Phil, you don't use antibiotics. You don't use deadening. <laughs> uh <laughs> Well, help me out here. Uh, you don't do you use anything the, uh, except Omega. When they put people I said, under, how long is it going to take to feel this tooth? <laughs> you, know, yeah. you know, back you know, years ago when they was working on the teeth. And I said, how long does it take, you know, for you to get done with it? He said, a couple of minutes. I said, I can stand anything for a couple of yeah. minutes. Do I what you got to do. On record, keep the needle out of my mouth. You're the only human, I believe, on record that had a urinalysis done. With no well, deadening. With no, no, with not being put under. Yeah. Uh, what it was. The, so the guy said the it'd be a lot quicker if if I just go right up the pipe, is the way he put it. <laughs> and I said, right up the pipe. Stop right there, and explain to me that a little more in detail. Well, he explained it in detail. I said, I said, how big is that? How big is that device with the camera on the end? How big is that camera? Too big. Too big. No, he said it's a small camera. I, said, I know, well, but it, I mean, he well, said if you want to watch it, the pipe, I, you don't, you don't, don't get, don't, you don't have to be put to sleep. I said, I want to watch. I want to see what's up in there. So but you tell the truth. He said, how, "There's your, there's your." Uh, once tell it, the truth. Once it started, how, though, did you think old, it made him a old gland that goes south? And, it's whatever. the prostate. Yeah, he tell, said, "Tell the truth." your prostate. He said, "You're never going to get prostate cancer, Mister Robinson." I said, <laughs> "How could you say that?" He said, "Because there's no lesions on your prostate. Look at that." And I'm looking at it. It just looked like a piece of meat to me. But he went up in my bladder. He looked around, you know. But tell the truth on a scale of one to ten. How bad did that hurt? Virtually no pain. (laughs) Uncomfortable. Uncomfortable. You got something sticking right up the pipe. Okay. I mean, it wasn't, boy, this is good, but it it wasn't painful. So it's interesting, Dad. uh, Let's let's take a break. So we talk a lot about uh, one of our sponsors, Home Title Lock. They've been a longtime sponsor. And unfortunately, we need sponsors like this because apparently, Jace, there are people that will steal your home and you won't even know it. Mm-hmm. Did you know that? I don't know. That line popped in my head. Who is it that said, don't you have homes? <laughs> that was some Caddyshack. Oh. <laughs> that was Ted Knight when he came in. They were all playing cards. Don't you have homes? So maybe, now. Maybe they didn't. 30 years later, they're like, well, I did, but somebody stole it online. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Cyber thieves, they go to a public database. They find high-equity homes. They pull your online title. They forge your signature stating that you sold your home. Then they take out loans against your equity. What's high-equity homes? 
Uh, not yours, but but you're paying you're paying you're paying for it. Yeah, that's it means you've paid for it. for it. No, you nice. paid most of it off, and so you got it's worth a lot. I got money. you. That's what they yeah. steal. Um, but anyway, so the way we the way we deal with these people is you go to hometitlelot.com to protect your most valuable asset. Register your address. Make sure you're not already a victim. You receive a complete title history of your home, which is worth a hundred bucks, but you get that for free. So home title lock. Dot com. Make sure you're still on your home. Right. Uncomfortable, yeah. Hurting, pain, searing pain. No. So you did find out the exception, though, the rest of the story, the Paul Harvey rest of the story. If you get an E. coli in your bladder, you might want to take some antibiotics for that because that. I didn't argue with him on that. But I'm you on my. Argued. You also didn't take it. For I'm a while. on my all fours. But you argue. To take a leak, I'm crawling like a dog to the commode. I'm like, okay, I'm all. Oh my goodness. I said no antibiotics for me, but the, he said, oh, you'll be back. He told Miss Kay, he said he'll be back. Well, and, and you were. Well, he told me a day later. I said, was that your first antibiotics in a long time? Pretty probably. well. Yeah, maybe back through the so, years. Because so, I didn't want people to follow your advice. Well, I had to say. Dead. So All I, to- I can say is I'm 75. I have yeah. no aches and pains. And I'm just saying. So I told. I get the pristine. Uh, uh, Omega XL. Omega XL. I take a little of that. So, Dad, so I told Dr. Murphy, who's the, who's who's our, now our, uh, urologist. I told him uh, that I was not going to be a third generation, not listen to what he said. Because. Paul was that way. You were that way. And I have a high pain threshold like y'all do. But I said, I, I don't want to get like dad was on all fours. And so I went in and got my check because I had some issues. And they, so I'll go to see him and he says, well, they say, well, Dr. Murphy's doing surgery today. Do you mind seeing his physician's assistant? I said, well, no, I don't, that's fine by me. I don't care. Well, I go in and they said, okay, Ashley will be in to see you. And I went, Ashley. So the PA is a woman, which, you know, you go in to see this type of doctor. It's kind of embarrassing, you know, because you're having to just, you know, no dignity. And so, you know, she has to do the the thing, you know, the test, the check. And she said, well, you ready to do this? I said, nope. (laughs) (laughs) She said, well, I mean, would you rather wait and come back? I said, no. I said, we're going to do it because that's why I'm here. I said, but you asked me, do I want to do this? No, this is is a 27-year-old woman, and you're just having to bear all. That's not exactly put you in the best position. But, Jace, you'll be there in a little bit. It's coming. Okay. Prostate. Prostate that's a, that's a boogaroo there. <laughs> it's, it's just genetics. Maybe you won't get it. Maybe it's just me. Yeah. One can dream. Not worried about it. <laughs> well, let's talk. Let's move from prostates to Matthew. Um, we started last uh, podcast talking about Matthew and kind of describing him as the author. And by the way. And as the doctor, by the way. I mean. <laughs> That the calling of Matthew, he made that statement. It's not the healthy who know. Oh, I didn't think about that. What a but, great segue, Jess. You're the king the of the segues. Well, I <laughs> thought about it because I'm like, Jesus did a lot of healing. I mean, he 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 did that. So ultimately, okay, get your checkups, do healthy things. But ultimately, we have a, an intimate relationship with a being who who is able to control all that. Which you know, so we I'm not really. Worried. That's why I was saying I'm. You know, it's not something I'm going to stress out about. We didn't get into that when you read that verse last time, but you're right. We would never go to the doctor if we weren't sick. Who would want to do that? Sit in the waiting yeah. room and I, oh. look. I think that underlying principle of where they got started is one of the key principles in in following Jesus. If you ever think you're good enough to do this, yeah. or if you're puffed up with your righteous acts or whatever your position is or your theology, you don't want to ever be in that situation where you really don't see the need for Jesus. Yeah, which is to Dad's point last time, <clears throat> is why a lot of times people with wealth and you know a lot of things or in power. this life or power, yeah. they don't feel like they need, they don't need God. But very, a lot of, they feel very, like they are God. Very rarely will you find... In the Bible, a reading, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, 
the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us twice in all our troubles so that we can comfort those, that's three, uh, in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves, if that's four, from God, just as the sufferings of Christ flow over into our lives, so also through Christ our comfort, six. If we are distressed, it's for your comfort, seven. We are comforted. It is for your comfort, which produces in your patient endurance for the same sufferings we're going through. And our hope for you is firm because we know that just uh, that for you is firm because we know that just as you share in our sufferings, so also you will share in our comfort. In the in the in the stretch of of seven verses, comfort is mentioned nine times, which I know of no other place in the Bible something is that redundantly said. It's amazing. <clears throat> yeah. So I take that to heart and say, you know what? I'll put my trust in the God of comfort. Yeah. Which in this instance, a lot of people we talk about everything that we get from Jesus, but very rarely do we mention the fact, like Jay said, I, I came not for the sick, but but but, but for the I mean not for, for the, the healthy, but the sick. Right? Right? Not the healthy, but the, but the, for the sick. And if you look at that text right there, you say, Man, that's that's quite the quite the opening statement to yeah. the Corinthians. Well, and I always use that text when I'm doing funerals a lot because yeah. you know, that's a time Smith told me that. He said, you know, Al, the, your your role when you're asked to speak at someone's funeral, you know, your first and foremost role is to bring comfort because these people, you know, have lost someone they love. And even if you're a Christian, it still hurts to lose somebody because you're you know, you have a little separation. And I that always stuck with me. So I always that this text really spoke to me in that because that's a moment where you bring comfort. It's godly comfort. I would say America and our people, countrywide, one of the things that's the mo one of the mis most oft uh, missed things is those tech those few verses right there. Yeah. Because they they're antsy about this and they're upset about that and then they're they're, they're nervous and they they're depressed and they're yeah. taking medicine because they can't. And they're trying everything to get some comfort out of life. Yeah. And the key to it, if you come to Jesus, yep. he, he's the God of comfort. So Well, and you know, we get a lot of <clears throat> we get a lot of notes from folks and they're just like, you know, I need to talk to y'all because my life is so bad. And I understand what they're saying because they listen to us on here and we're talking about Jesus, but you don't need us, you need Jesus. Yeah. A conversation with us, all we're going to do is point you to Jesus, which is what we do on the podcast. One of the listeners said, what's the difference between joy and happiness? And we just basically said, not much of any, not much difference. But but what they forget is to have joy and and to be happy, you would have to be a person who was comfortable yeah. with being here. Yeah. No matter how brutal the world is around you, swirling around you. Just keep your eye on the prize and just move forward. What is it Philippians? It'll four? pass. <clears throat> yeah. Philippians four talks about contentment. It'll pass. Yeah. I mean, that's how you get a lot of comfort. You, yep. you Paul said, I, I learned what it meant to be content in any and every circumstance. And without realizing if you don't have the compassion that God has given you, the contentment and the comfort eludes you. Yeah. And you're 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 living a life where everything is you're all upset most of the time. And isn't it interesting that the guy... Think that, about the people who commit suicide because they just couldn't find any comfort out of life. The guy that wrote that passage, that was under constant oh. duress. Read his list of duress. Oh. <laughs> I mean, you Being talk about a... beaten stone. <laughs> I mean, you talk about a rough life. Oh. In fact, Jesus said, do you remember when he was converted? He said, this man will know how much he will suffer for my name. Yep. And he did. He sure did. His whole life. And yet he was he he talked about comfort and contentment. Isn't, mm -hmm. that, isn't that amazing? Yep. I mean that that shows you that's where you find it. So one of the th tough things about the pandemic is it's been really hard on small businesses, especially restaurants, people that cater to a lot of folks. Another problem with uh, small business is human resources issues. Uh, Dad, you probably would know a lot about that because back when you started a business, you didn't have near what you have now to worry about. 
you know, no. wrongful termination, minimum wage requirements, labor regular. I mean, they've just regulated so much yeah, stuff. We, we were immune to all that. Exactly. So now you have to hire somebody to do that. And these guys are not cheap, 70 grand minimum. So there's a company uh, that started called Bambi, B-A-M-B-E-E. And so what they do is they do an online HR manager. It only costs you 99 bucks a month, which is a lot better than 70 grand, right? So uh, they'll help you. It's month to month, no hidden fees. You can cancel any time. So you get a free HR audit if you go to Bambi, B-A-M-B-E-E dot com slash Robertson. Get that free audit and see if these guys can help you. Bambi dot com slash Robertson, B-A-M-B-E-E dot com slash Robertson. So it's good. Only Jesus gives you that. Right. You will not find it anywhere else. Agreed. The God of all comfort. Yeah. What a thought. That's a great thought. Um, <clears throat> so back to Matthew 1. Last time we introduced the genealogy, which most people would find this fairly boring, just a group of names. And, you know, this one begat that one. The old King James says begat. I remember seeing that, you know, when we were kids growing up. But it gives you the line. We talked a little bit at last time the significance of it. But one of the things we didn't mention that I wanted to mention before we moved on from this is that I think because Matthew was sort of was an outcast and yet was included, I think that's why he lists in this lineage the names of these women, which would have been very unusual to do that in a lineage of Jewish history because they only looked at it from the male and are you start, how, many, how many women are in here so you, there there's five are you starting with mary we can start with mary she's at the end of it and and but, but this is joseph up. but this is joseph's yeah but then he mentions her he says the husband of mary i mean why would he even mention yeah. her see what i'm saying but here's what 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 True. is the reason i believe the bible the, verse 16 this is how the, he he talked about all this on how jesus got here this is he's talking about how Jesus got here. So matter of factly. In other words, uh, this is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. Well, he, he doesn't say, now look, this is a wild story <laughs> because what I'm fixing to say is gonna blow the roof off the joint. Mm -hmm. He said, Have you ever heard of it? No, none of that. He said, This is how it came about. He said, uh, Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, no sex. She was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. You're like, yeah, that makes sense. That's, yeah, that's. <laughs> Just to get him here, Matthew is speaking as if there's no doubt here how he got here. Yeah. This little virgin girl, Mary, was down there, you know, and she found herself to be pregnant. And Joseph said, whoa, what's the deal? And he goes through the deal. Well, you see why, though, he chose Joseph. I mean, real quick, because I mean, who, what man would have responded this way? Right. Yeah. To what, me, is incredible. Like, honey, you're what? Yeah. yeah, but he, but he was a gentleman about <laughs> well, it. Well, even in that he was like, because you're assuming this is before the dream. You're like, okay, your girlfriend is pregnant, right? And you haven't slept with her. I would say that's a, this is over yeah. at this point. <laughs> and, and, and again, just to your point last time, we were talking about we, we know how this happened because we read about it, the supernatural stuff. But in the moment, this was scandalous. I'm not a I mean, nobody a, believed Scandalous. Here's my point. I'm out of here. Here's you know my point. I mean? Yeah. Because Jace is looking at it as most humans would read something. They say, wait a minute. But he's presenting it like this is how it came about. Because it did. Well, I believe this is how it came about, but I'm just saying I see why God chose this couple. Because when it said he's righteous, didn't it say that somewhere about Joseph? Uh, it says, I think it does. He he was, uh, where is that? Where are we at here? Okay. Jo uh, Joseph, her husband, Matthew was, a one, eight. was a righteous man and did yeah. not want to expose her to yeah, public. Yeah, that's what it says that, that yeah. he was a righteous man and didn't want to expose her to public disgrace. He had in mind to divor divorce her quietly. So he had concluded what I would have concluded, that his girlfriend was messing around on him. But even that, I mean, just think how many guys out there in the world 
then or now, when this happens, would have not responded this way. I mean, he was still the well, better person for saying, you know what? Evidently, you haven't been faithful to me. But instead of going and railing on and going through the streets saying, this woman's a tramp and all, I'm just going to divorce her quietly, and I'm not going to expose her to public disgrace. And let me mention that because somebody will somebody will ask about it. Well, how, I thought they weren't married. How they divorced? But the way the Jewish law worked at this time, when you were betrothed, which is sort of like we would say engaged, but it's way more. It's like a year, I think. Right? right? It's a legal binding. Like in other words, they're not sleeping together. They're not consummated the marriage, but they're married by legal means. And so they're setting up, he's building the house and, you know, they had this betrothal process. So this happens during that process, but you're right, Jason. I mean, he, he still was showed he was a good man in the sense that he didn't believe her and who could. Well, nobody would. That wasn't, right. that wasn't on him. Right. But he made a, it, it's like when people say, you know, life is 10% of what happens and 90% of how you respond to it. He took the godly, righteous approach throughout the whole situation. I mean, this is horrible. I would not have been that kind of man because yeah. of jealousy or rage or just whatever. If this happens, you, your betrayal, you've been betrayed. And, and he's like, because you got to remember, he hadn't had the dream. Now, once the dream happened and an angel explains this it's to a, him. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, what he what he finally came to realize was that he was in the uh, what the Hall of Famers whatever, but uh, Mathon the, the the father of Jacob, and oh, yeah. Jacob the father of Joseph verse thirty verse sixteen, <laughs> and Jacob the father of Joseph. So without him knowing, this was just preordained. Yeah, and, and it's your it's your time, Joseph. That's right, because he was in the lineage of David. That's my point, and and, and so it, he he had to have this that. was all worked out in advance, exactly. But well, he I still think, had a choice to react the right way. Or sure, the wrong way. I think you got to remember last time we talked about Matthew being uh, what'd you call him a bean counter, the analytical mind because he was his tax collector. Right. So I think he purposely put in these details because he's detail oriented, but you know he also threw in Rahab up there in, in verse 5, which, she wasn't she a prostitute? Yep. So I'm saying just her presence in this genealogy. Well, you, look, every one of them. So it starts with Tamar, which she's a little-known woman from back in Genesis 38, and her deal was she was married to uh, Jacob's son. No, it was, uh, was it Jacob or Judah? I'll have to look that up. But she was married to his son, and then the... the well, it was Jacob, Jude, what it says in verse 3 Judah. of Matthew, Judah, Judah, the father of... Right, it's Judah's, Judah's son. So Tamar is married to the son, and he dies. And so the way the rules work back in those... She didn't have a child yet, didn't have a son. Well, then you married so the So you married the brother. Yeah. So she marries Which, the brother. That's a horrible rule. I don't know who, who in the world. <laughs> I'm glad it's not around today. God, God put it in there. You got to live with it, Jason. Well, that's why He also sent Jesus to nail that thing up on the cross. That that's why I don't have a legalistic bone in my body. I'm like, you want to follow law? I got to marry who? What? Why? <laughs> that's right. That's what Seinfeld has a bit. He said that's why all the guys line up, and it starts with the best man. Anything happens to him, you just start down the line. You know, yeah. I don't want to do that. So the well, the second brother dies, and still no son. So there's only one left. Well, Judah gets the idea that this old gal here must be a black widow because all my sons are dying every time they get with her. So he does though so the third he withholds the third son. He's like, no. And so yeah. she she goes and dresses up like a prostitute and gets pregnant by him, by dad. And then comes back later and he says, Oh, we gotta kill this woman. She's pregnant, she isn't married. And she comes back and says, Oh, by the way, here's what you gave me. You're the dad. So, I mean, again, scandalous. I mean, I mean you don't even this is, is one the of the twelve tribes. Show about this stuff happening. Uh I don't know. You know, what I mean it's like, well, this couldn't happen. Uh I can't think of the guy's name. He has this, he takes like the worst situations, you know, my mom's sister is my 
you know, lover or whatever. What's that guy's name? He, that, every every show. Oh, you're talking about like uh, uh, Dr. Phil or Jerry yeah, Springer? Yeah, Springer. Jerry Springer. Hang on, ha- hang on. Let's take a break. So one of the things I've noticed, Jace, is that not a lot of people cook. You know, we grew up cooking. I guess we learned it from mom and dad. You cook, I cook, our mm-hmm. wives cook. Mm-hmm. Mom and dad, you know, we, we just never really ate out much. Phyllis brought sticky chicken last night. Oh, uh, really? Who my, cooked my, it? My daughter. She cooked it. Oh. It's the first meal I've eaten. I've yeah. been very careful not to eat anybody's meal. <laughs> so I gave her about a year before I said, all right, I'll try some of you. Did cooking. she do pretty good? Yeah, I, I, she actually did. A little low on seasoning, but but the, the, the baking thing. process and all, sticky chicken, it was good. That's good. So in a sense, dad set up for our one of our new sponsors uh, which is a group called MarleySpoon.com. And what they do is they've combined with Martha Stewart and Marley Spoon to make meals for people to buy. So it's a new menu of 30-plus delicious recipes every week. All the recipes have just six simple steps, 10 ingredients. So you actually do cook. They just send you all the stuff to put it together. It's kind of how it works. So they're teaching people to cook, which I think is a good thing. So if you're kind of tired of the same old, same old, go to MarleySpoon.com for a variety of chef-designed dinners from Martha Stewart. And all of our listeners are going to get $100 off your first four orders if you use the code FEEL. So it's MarleySpoon.com. Use the code FEEL. Save $100 on your first four orders and learn how to cook. I mean, when you start oh, I see researching yeah. this, it, it's like something <laughs> you funny. would see on Jerry Springer, not the Bible. Is <laughs> that's, what right. that's my point. We're in a genealogy, which remind, reminds us all that we're all flawed people. Well, you remember when Jerry Springer's show was, <laughs> Dad, you remember when it was popular? Somebody remember, that remember there was a to... big old bald-headed guy that stood up on the corner of the stage. He had to come out and separate because it always ended with a big Well, brawl. they wanted him to do that. Right. They take a bunch of people that, look, that feel, unfortunately, you live, you know, down in an area where a lot of this stuff is happening. <laughs> oh. This is the pool for the Springer show. You are so right. people are like, oh, that could never happen. Oh, Trust me, yeah. it I counsel with them and try to get them to follow Jesus. And yeah. it's, it's something. So I'm, but look, a lot of these people you brought to the Lord and they break this genealogy cycle a lot of times that actually does something good. I mean, that that's why these these types of, Songs and ideas. I love that song, The Blessing uh, by Carrie. It's not a situation where the perfect one, Jesus, committed no sin ever. It is worthy of note that his lineage, it wasn't that way. Right. Only when he arrived did you see the difference between him and all the rest of them to get him here. Right. Well, no, there were a few differences, though, in how he got here, which it said when he had the dream, it says the Holy Spirit in verse 20. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is quite a statement. Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid. This is the angel speaking to him in in a dream. Take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit, which I would have just thought, what does that mean? I mean, I'm reading it, and I know it happened, but I'm still... There was some kind of, I don't know whether a transfer of sperm or whatever. Yeah. But, but, if, a, but if you made the human, made human being, if you made them, uh, you could figure it out. You pretty much know. I think, yeah. though, I think when the Holy Spirit was hovering over the waters, we mentioned, I mean, the, there's, there's something about the Spirit of God that is life. By the way, it's Jesus. like when he breathed. Yeah. Well, if you could make the first person out of dust, you can definitely make a baby. But I mean, that. there's a similarity. If you do a study in the Bible about breathing and the Holy Spirit, there's something life giving. That's true. The Spirit true. is just contagious. Here's my, here's my of, question. Of life. Here's my question. In the midst of looking at how the birth of Jesus came about, which is what we're talking about. When you look at this, I, I, I'm having to rack my brain to to say a bunch of human beings sitting around under a tree this far back, all these genealogies, and these people are sitting around here, and here's a tax collector, and he's going to expound a little bit 
on how Jesus Christ came here. And he's speaking so matter-of-factly. The question I have is, how in the world, Jace, could you have a group of individuals this far back, low-tech world, to come up with this story and the details at which are given? You're like, how could they have gotten together and, and told this lie? I mean, just think about it. Yeah, well, oh, and, oh, and what it would take to dream that. up this story. Right. Not only that, is Matthew, when you read the history books after this, gave his life rather yeah. than deny Jesus as the Christ. Correct. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, if it was just a big, let's just come up with some story, which is what the world says about this. They're like, oh, you people created this because you're weak people that need some kind of hope and a crutch or whatever. I, we couldn't, like, even though you're a sinful person, how you could dream up this story. So I got another <clears throat> little-known fact. This is a fun fact, Dad. So two of the other women, Rahab, which we mentioned she was a prostitute that saved the spies, the Jericho, mm -hmm. and Ruth, who then was in that same lineage after her, you know, who was a great woman, you know, Ruth's story. She's got a book in the Bible. Those two women were descendants of Ammon and Moab. You say, well, what does that have to do with anything? That's the two. You remember when Lot, after the destruction, when he slept okay. with his daughters? Yeah. And that produced two children? Yeah. And God said they were an accursed people, don't have anything to do with them because it was... Two, two great nations. Two great nations. But he said, he told Israel, don't have anything to do with them. Guess, guess where these two women, guess where their heritage was? Ammon and Moab. Ruth was a Moabite and Rahab was an yeah, Ammonite. Not, so, I mean, once again, it's just like, it's so scandal ridden, like from people that, but, but I think the reason Matthew did it is because to say anybody can make, anybody can do this. I mean, we're looking at the lineage of Jesus and we're seeing. But people, he also said. In fact, he's basically like, saying there's nothing you could do if you come to Jesus by faith. You, 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 you can be ushered on, on in. That's right. The other one we haven't mentioned is Bathsheba. And obviously, she, you know, David had an affair with her yep. and murdered her husband. Yeah. And she wound up being the mother of Solomon. But again, another terrible, you know, situation that gets her in the lineage. And yet there she is. It does, it does but, soak cold water on the people who come out and say, you know, it's just a crutch, you know, following Jesus is a crutch and all that. If you see these people's lives and what eventually happened by looking at them and studying them and putting it all together, you're like, Lord, this has to be true. How could you dream? But all he this also, out? you got to think he's the reason I think he's going back 14 generations, going back 14 generations. Th this was God's plan. Yeah. And in all throughout the generations, you've got more sinful than others, but all have sinned. That's yeah. right. So. That's but, pretty but clear. three times he does make a reference here about this is bigger than just a birth because you have the name of Jesus, which means, you know, the Jewish Joshua, which means the Lord saves. And Emmanuel. Emmanuel, which is you know, his nickname us. is God is with us. So all of a sudden, and you have a human being who is pregnant by the Holy Spirit who's never been with a man. Which by the a way physical man. So I'm saying there's a there's a that he's accentuating that the supernatural has has happened. Yeah. So let's take our last break. And also Jace, that little uh virgin will be with child and give birth to a son, they would call him Emmanuel, was foretold seven hundred years earlier. Yep. By Isaiah. Yep. So the old deal so about you have a history and a prophetic, right. but he also said think this about Al, the fulfillment that far back, seven hundred years. But think of twenty one when he said she will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, which means the Lord saves. But he also says because he will save his people from their sins. So yeah, we got this genealogy here. There was a lot of sinful activity, but we're here now, and we're in a moment in our the history of the humanity of where for the first time there's a human being born that his parents didn't have sexual relations or however you want to say you know? to have him 
And you know yeah. what I find fascinating about Joseph in this is because even in 24, when it says, because why would the Bible put this in here? This is one of those hmm moments. Why does it even put it in here? Because I think it goes to his character. Because it gives you the impression when G when Joseph woke up from this dream, he did what the angel of the Lord said, had commanded him, which is another character trait. Because, look, I've had a lot of dreams and woke up and thought, hmm, I don't know about that. <laughs> which is why we have a Jace's hmm yeah. moments. So he took Mary home as wife, but he had no union with her until she gave birth to a son. Yeah, I thought which, that was interesting. Well, why even put that in there? Because I think, I think he could have. Now, a lot of religious, I think people on the fringes of religion, they're, they're get into this debate whether you're supposed to be able to have sex with your wife when she's pregnant based on that, which. Oh, no, I don't think it has anything to do with that. I well, think I was, don't either, I think but I'm saying respect. kooky people come up with kooky, uh, right. you know, now I think it's that. Hey, they they got the right to believe whatever they want I think to. it's just a respect thing. Like That's what I thought. Yeah. I thought even he had. Now, I mean, this whole thing was thrown up on him. Now, obviously, he's had had an inside conversation, and so he's like, "Oh, so he gets it." Which I'm, I mean, he's like, "I'm part of. Not only is there a God and He's real, but we're fixed to change the world." Yeah. yeah. But he put that supernatural fact above his natural impulses, which I've used this as an example where people just think, well, I just, you know, I can't do it. You know, whether it's a couple that are living together that are not married and they ask my opinion and I'll go there. I'm like, you've got to put the supernatural above the natural. Now what now he was directly involved, but even us in your life, you want to change your life. It's going to happen with the same thing. You know, when we pray and we believe this is real, we're having conversations with God and we believe Jesus is inside of us and, you're looking at a woman and she's a daughter of God and you're supposed to help her get to heaven. These are the same conclusions you got to make for your life to make better decisions on putting the supernatural above the natural. You know, I mean, you yep. could preach a sermon on this mm -hmm. right here, but there's a way to stop, you know, making bad decisions. And this is it. This is the recipe. And that's why I think why God, but you know, what's interesting, what's interesting, Jace is Joseph. We assume since we don't read about him, in in Jesus' ministry in the Gospels, we assume that he died, you know, because you read about Mary and the brothers, you know, but we don't read about Joseph. So we assume yeah. at <laughs> some point he probably died in there before Jesus got to 30. Mm -hmm. But what's interesting is, so Joseph knew, and there's no doubt, he knew beyond a shadow of a doubt, because he shows you. Mary knows, because she knows she didn't have sex and she had the baby, but then his siblings didn't believe in him. No. Because we read that they had they they just they thought he was they thought he was a famous person, you know. Remember that one time in John where they said, you know, if you're going to be a public figure, you got to blah blah blah. They just saw him as like managing his career, but they yeah, didn't but really you're believe. Talking about John seven five, where he said even his own brothers didn't believe. Well, that and the fact and the one where he said it was right along in there when they he was supposed to go to a feast, and they said you got to go make yourself known if you're going to be a public figure. You yeah. got to get out there and press I think the, the same chapter. Yeah, it is seven. But, well, Annie, but said, they were trying to manage him. Like it was like they didn't really believe he was the son of God. Yeah, exactly. So what do you think they were? I'm saying they had to grow up in this home where Mary and Joseph told them who he was, but they didn't believe him. Didn't believe. I mean, that's interesting. To well, me. It, I mean, it's, it's, it's not easy to believe. It's not. <laughs> well, because I think he became a human. I think they looked at him and thought, well, he puts his pants on just like and that. He was day. running around he's and running around building stuff. He's a kid. Yeah. There's no way. Can't happen. You're telling me that, oh, you're God? Now, I tell you this. In fact, they probably were jealous of it. Something changed, though, post-resurrection, because you notice yeah. who was in the room in Acts 1.14? Yep. His brothers, the same ones that didn't believe well, in John James, James. They all gathered up then. Well, then all of a sudden said, well, maybe he is. And the guy <laughs> started coming back from the dead. Okay, <laughs> I was wrong. It's a good sign. The guy, who, the guy who wrote the book of James was was Jesus' brother, and he was also one of the probably like the main leader of the Jerusalem church. You read about him in Acts twelve, and so this guy, his brother, wound up being one of the main pillars of the Jerusalem church. So you're right; they got it but they had to get it post-resurrection. But I thought it was interesting because we were talking about this idea of physical and spiritual. Remember we started out the book of Romans 
Paul said, a servant of Christ Jesus called to be an apostle set apart for the gospel of God. The gospel he promised beforehand through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures, which we talked about that fulfillment, regarding his son, who as to his human nature was the descendant of David, which was the point of Matthew 1, and and who through the spirit of holiness was declared with power to be the Son of God. So that's that idea of the physical coming together with the Spirit of God to be Jesus Christ. The only only God-human hybrid there ever was or ever will be. But think about it. What did we need between humans and God because of sin? We needed a bridge. Bridge. We needed a representative of yep. both, and that that's what happened. That's why I love We that. needed the ultimate sacrifice. I love that Romans 9, 5, but, but I, I use the word bridge on purpose because I think when we think of all the things you could talk about with people or classes you could teach or the things you get into, Jesus has got to be at the top of the list because that is the bridge. Yeah, We just read it. Right. I mean, he is... He's the Holy Spirit and humanity in one. And that Romans 9, 5, which I've read many times because I just love the wording, because we just read the genealogy of Matthew 1, and Paul referred to this. He said, theirs are the patriarchs, and from them is traced the human ancestry of Christ. We just read one side of it, and you read the other one in Luke about, about Mary. Yep. Of Christ, who is God, Overall, forever praised. I mean, what kind of statement is that? Yeah. You can trace the human ancestry of this Jesus fella, who is God. <laughs> Overall, forever praised. Yeah, and a lot of people struggle, or a lot of our listeners struggle with the idea of how he could be both. But you just have to understand that is the deal, that he is both. That yep. makes it all possible. You yep. can't have Jesus God without Jesus the man. He had to be both. That's why he said, I'm the son of God and the son of man. I'm both. That's why I'm saying Al, these, no, nobody in any generation <laughs> could have <laughs> dreamed this up. No, yeah. I agree. You keep reading the first Peter. Where's that? He says, we didn't follow cleverly invented <laughs> stories. Yeah, exactly. We were eyewitnesses. Yeah, yeah. Like the light shine like a light bulb first john one we've seen him we've heard him we've touched him we yeah. rode with yeah he said look we have this is him this is the one that's right but he was calling it it though in john first it. john one he yeah, went that from him which to was it. that, that. call him a that so it's interesting and i'll tease this for next time because we're almost out of time when when y'all pick up in matthew 2 i don't be here next week but uh, with zach but when you pick up in chapter 2 it's interesting that as soon as we get Jesus here, the politics begin. Because King, you know, King Herod hears about this, and so y'all will get into that. But, and the persecution. And the persecution. So think about it. The Son of God is born. He's a little baby, and he's God. But the first thing he has to do is get on the run because they're trying to kill him. Uh, yeah, and a I politician mean, has an idea. Oh, I hear a rumor that their God is being born. The so Messiah. let's just kill them all. Let's kill all the babies. That was the idea. You talk about brutal. Give me a narrative by which we can do this, and I I could theoretically imagine somebody said, "Well, it's not really a baby till it's born." Yeah, you know. Anyway, and then it's not really a child until they're right up to the point of their board. You know, you see, that's how we, we come up with ways to dehumanize when we have some kind of agenda. And, uh, and by the way, that's been going on for thousands of years. There's a word for that. It's called evil. There you go. Yep. All right. We're out of time. Thanks for listening to the unashamed podcast. Help us out by rating us on iTunes and don't miss an episode by subscribing on YouTube and be sure to click that little bell to get notified about new episodes. And for even more content that you won't get anywhere else, subscribe to Blaze TV at blazetv.com slash unashamed.